0: Something I've began to learn about myself as a person is that I really enjoy living in the city. And one of the reasons I enjoy it is because of the sounds. You grow used to the sounds of living in a city to where uh, even just while my wife and I were traveling a couple weeks ago in rural Tennessee, that the, the sound of silence became a problem for us. Uh, In the middle of the night, you kept waking up thinking something might be wrong, that the world has stopped or or something like that. Because being in a city, you, you grow used to hearing neighbors just a couple feet away or the sound of traffic or the constant sound of buses careening down the street to where I don't think I can ever preach a sermon again without being used to hearing traffic behind my back, sometimes emergency vehicles going by right at the worst possible moment. You get used to these sounds in life, and, and these sounds kind of uh, show you something. It, it's like every part of our body and all the senses that we have uh, become signposts and ways that we know of certain things that are happening. I once heard Graham Kerr, the, the famous chef, talking about uh, salmon out out in the Pacific and that 50 miles out into the Pacific, they can... They can smell the water of the Columbia and find their way back up the river just by the smell itself, the way those senses can work within ourselves and remind us of something, and most of the time, something beautiful. There are certain noises that we hear that that will bring back rushing memories of people that we once knew, maybe even people that we've just shared our entire life with. Maybe it's the clicking of a jaw or or smacking their food when they would eat. It's those little things that you begin to miss about people when they're gone. And a lot of it is those random sounds and noises. The way they phrased their words. The way they spoke to you as a person. There are sounds in life that remind us of the very important things that are. Sometimes these sounds can even bring in feelings of fear and terror and anxiety that remind us of moments that we never want to return back to. I remember hearing a story of a woman who had been diagnosed with cancer. And after being diagnosed with cancer, any time she heard the sound of a machine like the chemo machine, she would just start to cry. Romans 7 and 8 give us a good reminder and a good understanding of what it means to live this life of faith. And one of those things that it means to live this life of faith are the sounds that we have, the sounds that we hear. The sounds of our daily life that remind us of the many blessings that we have, the blessings of family, the crying baby in the morning, or the, the sound of the loved one getting up out of bed to go make your coffee, hopefully. <laughs> or maybe maybe the sounds of, of walking out the door and hearing your neighbor get in the car to go to work as well, just reminding you you're not the only person that has to do it. Sometimes... What reminds us of the many blessings that we have are are sounds of the the church service itself. In my family, there's there's great contention, and I can talk about this because Christy's not here today. (laughs) But someone who wasn't raised as a Lutheran and going to Lutheran church, when I hear the sound of this is the feast, I get excited. Because I know what's coming up. I, I know what we're celebrating is all of creation joining in us and, and praising our God, and, and we are about to partake together of this bread and wine. But my wife, having gone to church every Sunday of her life as a pastor's kid, it does not carry the same effect. <laughs> For her, it's the sound of the gospel music of when she used to work in the inner city. But some of the hardest times of her life where it was that music that kept reminding her of the joys that had been won for her. When she hears that, she goes back. She remembers the good things of the faith. Paul talks about, here in Romans 8, the groaning. All of creation groaning, waiting for the redemption of the sons of God the groaning that sometimes we are reduced to as the Spirit works within us to bring out and pull out those prayers that desperately need to be spoken and desperately need to be heard. For some of us, we remember exactly what that sound of groaning is like. Every time we turn on the television, we know the groanings of this world. We hear the groanings in the way it does. The fisheries running dry, the lakes being emptied, the way that nature itself can collapse in. The way we, as part of that system, can often tear at one another and are brought ever closer to moments of war. Economies collapsing. We hear the groaning that can take place not to mention the own groaning within our own lives, the groaning as we remember what it's like to march towards that grave as we put our loved one in it. The groaning of having to come home and and admit finally that my job is not working out or coming home and admitting we need help. We understand the groanings of this world because we felt the groanings in our own addictions, in our own ways of handling each other, in the ways that we can tear each other apart. It's like the slow mourner's drum that keeps beating and beating and beating that we keep forgetting or trying to put out of our mind, trying to get out of the parade. All of creation groaning, waiting for the redemption of the sons of God. Paul, as he's introducing this section, he starts off by, by mentioning what is it that we are to say. What is it are we, we are supposed to do here in this present time of suffering? Certainly as we come in here, our hearts are lifted at the sight of one another. We remember the joys. We, we speak of even for those who have gone, who have died. We, we talk about the comfort and the hope of what is to come. So what is it are we to say during these times in which the loud noises and the sounds of the groaning can be too much? We remember the very words that are spoken in the Psalms that talk about how we will give our thanks to the Lord and recount all the wonderful deeds that he has done for us. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his steadfast mercy endures forever. How many times have we repeated that to one another? Those very sounds reminding us, though we are in the midst of the suffering and these trials of, the, of this world, there is still reason to give hope and thanks to one another. Let us give thanks to the Lord, for he is your God, who has done for you the great things and terrifying things that your eyes have seen. the sound that can overcome the very groaning of this creation, the groaning of this world. I've come to the realization in my short time of life that part of this groaning that we go under, and part of this suffering that we have, isn't really from political suffering, isn't from oppression for our faith, although that may be at times. But the way that most of us have suffered is in the trials and temptations. The hardship that it is to walk away from all of those things that that we should really walk away from. The suffering that we can can feel oftentimes is, is, is a people, a people gathered together in faith, who while the rest of the world is out playing, The suffering that we can often feel is is a trial of having to, to close down the computer and walk away from it when we really should. The suffering of this time for us is guarding our mouths and our lips so that we do not speak in such a way that the world cannot tell us apart from them. The trial and temptation that we face today is not mourning and grieving as those who do not have hope, but desperately trying to remember what it is that Christ has done for us. The trial and temptation that we suffer from today is not letting those sounds, those sounds of creation groaning, pull us away from what the Lord has done. thing that overcomes that sound, the sound of suffering, the sound of trial, the sound of temptation, the sound of everything that we may face as a people are the sounds of the gospel, are the sounds of nails being driven into somebody's hands and feet, the sounds of the story being told to children and to you. The sound of a tomb being opened as the the rock is rolled away. The sound of water being poured out over someone. The sound of of the clanking communion pieces that every time you hear it, you know the altar guild will be upset. (laughs) The sound of the wine being poured. The sound of the organ striking up. The sound of the groaning of the spirit as we pray to be reminded of each of these things. The sound of hearing this, that you are someone who those nails were driven in for. That you are someone that that tomb was emptied for that you are someone who has been called out of darkness into light. And as you've been called out of darkness into light, you have been justified by a God who has given himself over. And as you've been justified, you've been heir to the kingdom of God. The sound. Sound of a people that upon hearing the word of God, stand up out of their pews, walk out the door, And begin to serve, to help, to fight back against the sounds of destruction. For us, the groaning of creation is not a signpost of desperation or or things that will rip us apart. But the groaning of creation is a reminder of the groaning the Lord has done for us. The way that he has come to bring us salvation, in the sound of our, our Savior on the cross, in the sound of him getting up out of the tomb, in the sound of his word being spoken to you and you speaking it to somebody else. The sound of our salvation is this: You are forgiven. You are loved. You are someone that Christ has died for. You are someone that Christ has risen for. Amen.